0: Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperrude.
1: This is the What If Podcast. My name is Ryan. Hey, buddy. Hi, Spencer. Here we are. British lady. Yep. British lady told you who we are, but, but British lady didn't tell you who the third guest in the room is today. My man, introduce yourself.
0: Yeah, 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 it's Chance, <laughs> it's Chance York, baby. What's happening? Dude, I am, uh, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling great, how about you? We're doing okay, man. Man, I'm feeling We're doing good. Okay. I'm feeling good. I'm still worried about Bruno, but,
2: you know. Bruno Watch 2017. No news is good news when it comes to <laughs> Bruno being abducted by aliens. No news. <laughs> good
0: news.
1: No, I mean, is it? No, it's probably bad. That means he's probably like splayed out, being dissected on a ship. Hey, well, you know, a few million light years away from me. Y'all seen
0: Inferno? I don't know what that is. That damn Brown book turned movie. It's like the Da Vinci Code oh. part, part two, three, four. No. Mm-mm, I have not. Did oh. somebody get abducted by aliens? No, nah, but my motherfucker disappeared and then bad things were. We're meant to happen. Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> I'm <was> just checking. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, we'll hope, Bruno,
1: bad things have not happened to him. He's in, probably fine. In his... Uh... It sounds like his parents know where he is. Does it? Did yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. No, no. He's trying to sell some books or something, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think so, too. Well, we'll keep you posted on Bruno Watch 2017 if there is any major updates. Um, uh, we do have a different current event to talk about. Well, though,
2: yeah. yeah. Before that, though, I, I need to I need to issue an apology. <laughs> To the state of, of Wisconsin, some people got pretty mad about uh, my perceived slight chance of, of our neighbor to the east. Yeah,
1: chance if you didn't get a chance to listen to our uh, our episode
0: from Wisconsin last week. Wisconsin mad? Well, they mad at the what? If?
2: What had well, happened was I may have said Wisconsin can go fuck themselves.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean
0: it. It doesn't sound like something it, you'd mean. It was metaphorical, or no? I just didn't mean it. Hey, but if people <laughs> in Wisconsin are fucking each other. Wisconsin is fucking itself. Well that's right. I guess right. that's true. So it's really just no. like a spread love in a very weird way. Right. In a slightly <laughs> aggressive way. <laughs> no, we were just we were
1: just explaining to the people that we actually have more listeners in Sweden than we do in Wisconsin. So uh, we were trying to we were trying to Spencer uh, was using a bad dad uh, <laughs> Right He was scolding motivation. He was scolding yeah, It was a bad motivation tactic To get more Wisconsin listeners yeah. Yeah. I, I
2: wasn't mad I was just disappointed <laughs> right,
1: Get in, get right, in right, step Get in yeah, step
2: Wisconsin right. And then Sweden let me down This week anyway So right, welcome, You no, know nobody No, from no Sweden.
1: national anthem for you this week Yeah Wisconsin people said Oh come on And nobody from Sweden was like Thanks for playing right. our anthem So what the was the topic Wisconsin, Wisconsin was That are, Sweden right? was
0: actually tuning in Like well that's Maybe great, it, maybe it had point. more to do With what you were talking about The then, ooh, then just yeah. interesting maybe if we do want to
1: so so our goal is to to do our first out of the country live show in sweden if we get enough <laughs> listenership there if nice. we can get like 14 people to show up nice. we're gonna do it maybe like we'll have to do a four episode arc of just like swedish what if questions <laughs> like what we, if swedish sausage is the best food in the world and swedish people will be like
0: yeah thanks it's like what if what if <laughs> and everyone else <laughs> will unsubscribe from our podcast <laughs>
2: Um, no, the the one current event story I did want to get to is uh,
1: about space
2: dolphins. Space dolphins? What?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, we
0: we talked about dolphins I last don't time. Say, what is this? This is crazy. <laughs> the uh... it's happening again. Is this a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, it might be. It might
1: be. Well eluded, well my friend. Um, I'll turn I'll turn the space dolphins <laughs> down a little I bit. Say,
0: that dolphin <laughs> feels like is inside my head right now. It's so loud. <laughs> um hey dolphin go fuck yourself (laughs) get out of my head swimming in my brain uh, the
2: the cassini space probe that was uh flying by saturn a
1: while ago um yeah how long did they say how long ago it was actually flying Mm, around there i don't know don't ask me details like that did the dolphin have a parachute
2: in october 28th (laughs) of 2015 how about that? I okay. gave you a specific date.
1: My man, nailed it. So it, why did it take so long for us to get told this cool information? Dude, well, it's, a, it's,
0: it's a time zone thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. It's
2: far away, man. It's like they're super East Coast time. It's this is on it's East Coast far. time, which means
1: information doesn't get to us for 17 months.
2: And time it is, they're like 40-some time zones away.
1: <laughs> it's, it's real
2: far. Um, I don't know I would imagine the the info takes a while to get back and then they have to analyze it and figure out if there's actually anything meaningful in there All right that's real but uh yeah the Cassini space probe flew past uh, Enceladus one of Saturn's moons um and this moon was exciting already because it um was ejecting uh water vapor from one of its poles ooh so they they had figured I've that there done was a problem. <laughs> It was just space farts just flying out of uh, of uh, Enceladus's butt, <laughs> that's, and as
0: that's one that's one that's one way to do it, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: They so they assumed that there was water underneath the, the frozen surface of of the moon. Right. That would what moon is it again? I missed it. Enceladus. That. It's one of Saturn's moons. I've not heard of that one. And uh, they they flew the probe like through one of these plumes of, of water vapor to try and figure. Yeah, they they went right <laughs> through the fart cloud to try and figure out what the the composition Pro- of of the molecules and
1: stuff was probing, probing that hole. Yep. 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 That's Gotta wild.
2: And they, they found out that there was a uh, molecular hydrogen in there, which is important in that it indicates, well, at least on earth, it usually is an indicator of life mm-hmm. um, because uh, molecular hydrogen is used by tiny uh, organisms to produce methane from carbon dioxide. Yeah. So I don't totally understand the science, but on on Earth it is a byproduct of microorganisms life. Um, and life. Yeah, creating doing, doing what we do and making. So what's methane? the
0: surface surface of the planet like? Uh, it's ice mostly. It's frozen over. Is, isn't but, there one? Is that a moon of? I don't remember which planet has the moon, but Europa is the same situation. That's Jupiter, right? but yeah. Yep. So it's like a frozen surface, but they believe that there is thermal energy going on, so there right. is likelihood of like geothermal life.
2: Right, and that's that's kind of what they're thinking with uh, Enceladus too—is that there might be organisms that hang out next to geothermal vents underneath this frozen surface, yeah. and like, the enough, sur-
0: like our planet. Right.
2: Yep. So, like a lot of the the small organisms that live next to the geothermal vents at the bottom of the ocean. Same thing might be going on right. on some of these moons in the Damn, outer list, that's crazy.
1: You know what I think about every time we have one of these conversations about NASA being like, "Is we need to make a space submarine?" Well, okay, so I think we do need to make a space submarine <laughs> uh, if, if we're yeah. going to get there. What if, what if you, uh, what if built you built a space sub? Built a space sub. <laughs> Boy, that sounds
0: real expensive. I mean, I know everything NASA (laughs) does is expensive, but that sounds real expensive. space flight. Yeah, well, man, if you think of like the Millennium Falcon, (laughs) that shit can go underwater. It did it on Dagobah. That's true. So maybe we just need to build, maybe, hey, Elon. uh, Elon, get busy. Get busy, bro. You're
1: not doing enough. (laughs) You're not doing doing enough to save the goddamn planet. Go fuck yourself.
2: (laughs) Let's let's stop putting so much uh time and effort in that stupid ass hyperloop
1: idea and uh, man get a space sub get going Get a space sub No but the thing that I think about always is like we catch this stuff and we go like oh shit it might be alive we should like we should like examine it and bring it back and I'm sure obviously it would be under like massive you know uh quarantinement when it got back but I'm always like a a small microorganism from a foreign planet might be bad for us. Like, yeah. there's a oh, chance yeah. that it could just invasive species. Yeah, it could. It could. Like, there might be a reason there's no other life on that planet is because
0: these. Did might you might know on the Mars- Amazon? I, I don't
2: think the plan would be to take something back necessarily. You just like blast your space sub through the through just the. Kind of rinse it curve, off, and get the and zebra mussels off there. Yeah, you take some pictures, <laughs> spray of the, it down. Take some pictures of the space dolphins, send those back. <laughs> That's true. Space Loch Ness monster eats your space sub, and you know. That's
1: that? Damn, did we just write the plot to a dope-ass movie? It sounds <laughs> like a terrible movie. I was going to yeah. say,
0: he doesn't watch a lot of movies. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've been doing you better, have, man. I've been
1: watched- doing better. The last, like, five episodes, I've nailed, like, yes, I have seen it. So, Do you ever see yeah. Apollo
2: 19, where they get killed by moon spiders? Wait, what? No, Apollo 19? Okay. That's a real movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. Don't watch it. Ooh. <laughs> uh- Man, the lengths that you go to to be like, this could be some dope alien paranormal shit, and be
0: like, oh, no. Space spiders. Moon spiders. I was going to say Starship Troopers 2 is pretty far from the mark. (laughs) And considering that there's actually a lot of promise in the first one. The first one was good. The first Starship Troopers was tight. Haven't seen it? No.
1: There's there's, there's also a role reversal Bless you. All right. Should we actually get around to our our topic? Yeah. So, Chance alluded to it, but uh, we didn't actually say our our question for today's episode, but we do have one. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, what if it's all connected? Ooh. What if it's all connected, Chance? (sighs) Do you think it's all connected? Yeah. Do you? Chance and I wrote a song about that once. Yeah. That's real. For real. For real. Uh, We're talking about coincidences today synchronicities and synchronicities. Yeah. Uh, we're going to tell some, some interesting anecdotal stories around them, and uh, and we're going to talk about Carl Jung. C si. Jung. The J si. is soft. Yawging.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I believe it's
1: pronounced Yawging. I believe it's pronounced Yawging. Um, should we... Should we start with the definition as we are wont yeah, to do when, let's, when let's do we it.
2: talk about things? Both in the, the regular way and then the the Carl Jung way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um so your general dictionary is going to give you this one. A coincidence is a remarkable occurrence of events or circumstances which have no apparent causal connection with each other. The perception of remarkable coincidence may lead to supernatural, occult, or paranormal claims, or it may lead to a belief in fatalism, which is a doctrine that events will happen in the exact manner of a predetermined plan.
2: Okay. Two or more things that occur that seem related but don't have a causal connection, meaning one did not cause or influence
1: the other. I think that's well summarized. Yeah. Okay um yeah
0: so,
1: i don't I don't feel like I have it's interesting like I feel like we say conversationally a lot like oh, that's
0: what a crazy coincidence or whatever, but like I don't You don't say that? I haven't. Because you don't believe in them? No, not really. I mean, serendipity or, like, whoa, you know, like, that's... What's what's the difference? I I guess I don't know. I just don't really use the word coincidence. You know, it's just, like, good timing, you know? Like, good timing and awareness, because that's really what it is the biggest combination of. It's like things have to come together at the right time, and then you have to notice. Because really, when you grow your awareness, then you start seeing the shit all over the place, and it doesn't really seem like... I know. I think yeah. what you're
2: referring to though is more of what Jung would call a synchronicity. Right. Sure. Which he defines as a meaningful coincidence. So mm, there sure. there can be coincidences <clears throat> like I check out a book from the library and the barcode is the the first 7 numbers of the barcode are my phone number right that's a coincidence right? right those two things one the the book didn't cause my phone number to be what it is my phone number didn't cause the barcode to be what it is but they're connected and yet they seem related yeah
0: and they wouldn't have happened unless you sl- looked and saw that like the moment happened where you're like oh yeah, you right. know like you realize i'm
2: me to make the connection too right and that should happens but, it, but it's not meaningful time. in any way right? right there's no there's no sort of meaning or information that i can draw from that it's just like oh that's those two things are similar sure what he would call a meaningful uh coincidence or a synchronicity is he gives the example he gives a few examples in uh the book synchronicity um
1: aptly titled yeah. synchronicity
2: <laughs> and uh it's it's a kind of a very uh dense read was it was it a dry read from Carl Jung? Uh, it's it's not necessarily dry. Like the the information is is good, and he he has some interesting stories in it, and okay. he his logic is all super super sound. But it's uh, it's just heavy. Like there's yeah. a lot of information, and it's written in a in a very I don't know a very uh, dense kind of way. That doesn't entirely surprise me, but um, just for who he was. So he, he gives one example of uh, a woman from Germany who took a picture of her kid mm-hmm. and she brought the the film in to be developed. And um, this was in 1914, 1914 in Germany. Okay. So she takes a picture of her kid, brings the film in to be developed okay. and never collects it. Because uh, war breaks out in between, like the day where she dropped it off and when she was supposed to pick it up.
1: Okay. So she never collects the film. Um, Perks of living in Germany in that time. <laughs> yeah. Two years
2: Perks later. Of war. Right? Two years later, she buys another uh, roll of film. And back then, I guess you would buy a single negative, a single sheet of film. Oh wow! So you could take one picture and then you get it developed. So she goes and buys another. Two years later, she buys another negative, another sheet of film, and takes a picture of her other kid who had been born in these last two years. Yeah. Brings the film back, gets it developed this time, and it turns out that the film had been double exposed with the picture of of her daughter from two years ago. So she takes this picture, brings it to be developed. She never picks it up. They accidentally repackage it as being new unexposed film and put it back on the shelf. Two years later she buys the exact same negative and takes another picture of her other child Whoa. with it.
0: And that's, so that's a lot. Got that's a double. She that's got heavy. a double
2: exposed photo of her two kids.
0: Okay, wait.
1: Is this a is this is this Jung saying like this would be an example of a meaningful coincidence? Yes, but it is it is also a real story. It is this a real actually story. Yeah.
0: Fact checked. That, it, it, <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. I mean, no, he, he cites he cites
2: it in this in this book.
1: Uh, That's fucking crazy. So that would be meaningful in that. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. That, is that the what, what what do you call that drum? It all came together. Uh, a, a happy drum. H A P I. H A P I oh. drum. All right, mm-hmm. so chance is controlling the happy drum, mm-hmm. and every time we get to the punchline of a coincidence, <laughs> you got you got to give us a little happy drum chime. There we there go. Perfect.
2: Um so that would be a meaningful coincidence, right? It's her two kids. Sure. Uh it's very specific to her. Whatever. It's more than just like these numbers line up with the sheet I got at the deli when I bought a sandwich.
1: That makes sense. Can I okay, can I ask you a question? No. Oh, Sorry. Shit. All right, keep going. <laughs> no, um so isn't it all about how you assign meaning? Like what if what if the content of the book that had your uh Your cell phone number on the barcode was the book that you read that like changed your career or something like that. Like then that becomes that coincidence has is start to started to stack with meaning in a way. It is all very subjective, yeah, for sure.
0: Totally.
1: What
2: what he was trying to do with some of this book synchronicity um, is establish a more empirical way of measuring these things. Sure, sure. And he did a lot or references a lot of studies with uh, of ESP. Oh yeah. And trying to figure out, um, so these studies of ESP, like we've talked about some of the stuff on the show before, but, um, you know, someone in another room, they have a, a a stack of cards with different pictures on them. Mm -hmm. Right. And as they're looking at one, Someone in the other room is supposed to try and identify which what it the one is. they're looking at. Yo, yeah.
0: did I mention Starship Starship Troopers? <laughs> you, did.
2: <laughs> you did mention Starship Troopers. And go some, ahead and watch that. Some some people it's are able to, to this conversation. significantly outperform chance on these things. Yeah. So then he, Doogie Hauser. <laughs> now it'll make sense if you watch the movie. <clears throat> he he's trying to say, okay, then is this just a coincidence? Is it Chance, what is chance, is chance just another way of saying we don't really understand how things are connected to each other? Mm. Um, because if you could really measure everything that goes into what we call chance, it
1: wouldn't be chance. Mm. Whoa, it's real. Right, <laughs> he's saying that somewhere down the line. I'm not going to lie, I've never thought about it like that before, which makes me feel kind of dumb right now. Yeah. But, like, but just I that feel. we go like, oh, that's pretty weird, isn't it? And then we just like go about our days without going <laughs> like... <laughs> Maybe Some people just are weird. Maybe as we there's a possibility that this is bigger than anything that we could like. And we kind of talked about this with uh, with Mason mm-hmm. when we were talking about uh, remote viewing and that concept of like maybe it's maybe the reason that someone can see what picture you're looking at in another room from two cards is just because we don't really understand the next level of like how things work. Right. And
2: probability on a macro scale makes sense. It works. Right. But when you get down to individual instances, probability doesn't really explain what's happening, right? And so the whole thing is is him kind of looking at, well, is there another way of explaining that? And are these coincidences, are these synchronicities, uh, an an effect or an, an outcome of that? Hmm. Anyway, uh, there's we could spend entire, mind's blown already an We're entire episode on in. that book, but <laughs> uh, yeah, give it a read. It's I mean you can read it in in a day. It's probably like Oh, is it not
0: that long? It's like less than a hundred pages. Oh, okay, All right. I read slow. Right. Chance could read it. We'll give you more than a day. We'll give you two days. <laughs> yeah, 50, um, fifty pages in a day is realistic. Is
1: if it's if it, but if it's dense like psychiatry book shit, that that's going well, like to that take me 10, a 20 Pages in, in yeah. one yeah. sitting. And it's originally
2: remember. transcribed from speeches of his, oh. so it's the, f- the it's formatting flows. is a yeah, the flow is a little bit weird sometimes, and I, I found myself having to stop and reread sections or. Sure take notes to really make sense of what was
1: going on because it wasn't like necessarily designed to be all one train of thought right originally or you know you just speak differently than you might write or whatever yeah that's true that's true uh so yeah
2: that's synchronicity by carl jung it kind of we don't have time to dive into the whole thing but it gives a good uh sort of context to a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about and he was actually the first to coin the term synchronicity
1: okay as it relates to like the next level of coincidence yeah
2: or coincidences that seem to have some sort of meaning to he them
0: coined the phrase he made the word up he didn't the, No, the I etymology
2: mean, makes sense right the synchronicity existed as a word before that he was the first one to apply it to this set
1: of things sure yeah a, a non-causal meaningful relationship connection. between yeah. two things yeah damn yeah damn <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, should we get into crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> should we get into some crazy stories?
1: Yeah. So we uh, we all got some crazy coincidence
0: stories. Do we? I I was just thinking. Can I just tell mine first? Because it's probably not nearly as crazy as you guys. Yeah. Case, but Ma- it applies. All right, Please so do. He, uh Yesterday. All right. Little backstory. Um, Wait. This happened yesterday. Yeah. My. Um, Wait. Time out. I'm sorry. Is it a coincidence
1: that this morning. We asked you to be on a podcast. No, because this coincidences, they
0: sh- and you
1: had a coincidence <laughs> yesterday.
0: No, this shit happens every day to me. Because right, I, I just pay. I try. Well, not every day, but I notice it happening a lot. I always have, but um, and it's really not that like whoa. It's not that mystical, but it's significant. So, um, my four year old is potty training, and it has like it's been like a a really up and down thing emotionally for me I take it hella personally I'm like constantly trying to like chill chill the fuck out It's like you can't micromanage a kid to learn how to pee in the potty sure she she's the youngest of two the she was peeing and pooping in the potty when she was a year and a half old okay and uh loved it we're like this is great this is the easiest you know this is way easier than our oldest one we can't believe how quickly she learned how to potty train nice uh like few months later, she had like she like fell in more or less. She was just overconfident, like jumped on a, a, and, I got and this. slid in, <laughs> I got this. and got a wet ass out of it. And and that was like the end of it. She cried a little bit, didn't traumatic. didn't seem like a big deal. She never peed in the potty again. Still, like up until. Uh, and there's there's a course of things and it mostly involves me where I'm like trying to reason with them like understand you've done this before there's nothing to be afraid of just pee right, on the potty right. she'll sit on the potty for two hours get up and pee standing next to it you know It'll like so down. there's all sorts of like you know there's obviously all this emotional stuff and then me like reacting being like why you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. a lot of a lot of stress is like me trying to just chill the fuck out and let her let her learn how to potty train herself. Well, yesterday I was trying to record, and my my hard drive was full, and I was scrolling through just to erase a bunch of pictures. I had all this stuff backed up. It's just on my laptop, and I was just scrolling through like ten thousand pictures, you know. And I'm like, just zipping through. It's like a blur, you know. I'm highlighting these things, and for some reason, it pops up, and on the thumbnail. I can see it's her, like a year and a half old, sitting on the potty, smiling, like having like the best time. And I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Whoa!" You know, like wasn't yeah, looking yeah. for it or anything. Found these pictures, threw them on my desktop, and was like, "I'm about to show her this and remind her, this is you've done this you before. You me, know, like look how happy you are." I was like, "You know how happy all of us were." It's like you can, you can, you can do it. You know. And last night she peed on the potty, and it'd been hey. the first time in like uh, in like two and a half years or something. Word. And I'm like, damn! If it weren't for just like me noticing that this tiny thumbnail on, of all this random stuff that I was highlighting, you know, it, it jumped out at me, and I was, and then I was, yeah, I just meditating on that I was like, damn! Like that was, that's what I needed. I needed to look back to uh-huh. show her and and all this stuff, and I wasn't even trying. So I was kind of like uh a coincidence it, it was, was a strange coincidence serendipitous. yeah right. and it was just good timing and I, and it just shaped it reshaped my the whole conversation and it, t- it turned more into like a plea like just please pee on the potty <laughs> right, like right, for right. us like we don't want to buy anymore diapers like we know you can do it like right right you can do all these other things you're a grown kid you can do it i, so, I think like to your point about
1: when you were saying uh like serendipity is or is not a thing as it relates to a coincidence, I feel like to me they almost seem synonymous, right? Like a right. serendipitous thing is just a meaningful coincidence, right? It usually implies a positive one too, right? That's true. I guess I'd have to I'd have to reexamine the. I mean, I think that's usually how people use it. Yeah, serendipity, like As a it was meant to be, kind of thing. Yeah. Like you were meant to find that photo last night right. so that you could stop, like ripping your dreads out over the <laughs> fact that your baby right. won't pee.
0: I know. In the pot. Well, and just and like causing more stress on her too. I'm like, I need to right. chill out, you know, like this isn't about me. Like I just need to take a step back from the step. But then like, yeah, it was just meant to happen the way that it did. Word. And then I remembered how it happened. I'm like, that was, if that hadn't happened, that hadn't happened. You know, like right, right. just seeing how everything leads into the next thing.
2: Right. You guys want to talk about some 500-year-old death curses?
1: Had pretty much the same topic. Right? <laughs> Peeing P- in potties, 500-year-old death curses. I been, I been, <laughs>
2: I've been working on my segues. You guys like that one? Yeah. I, yeah, Tamerlan's curse. Tamerlan. Mm-hmm. Tamerlan? Well, okay, so Amir...
1: T- 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 <laughs> Tamerlan! T-
2: Tamerlan, T- go fuck yourself. Timber- Timberland's curse. Uh, Amir Timur. Amir Tamer. Yep, sometimes called... Tamerlane because short for Tamur the Lame. Tamerlane. Sick burn. I yeah. well, uh, got him.
0: <laughs> got <Gone laughs> no, him forever.
2: He was uh he was actually lame because oh, uh, oh, sad. When, <laughs> Well, it's pretty funny actually. Okay. He tried to steal a sheep. Yep. And uh Tell me he tried to ride it. I don't know what he was trying to do with it. I I didn't ask him. Mm, but uh yeah. the shepherd came out. And shot him with two arrows. Whoa! One yes. and hit him once in the leg and once in the hand. And uh, the arrow took off two of his fingers on his hand. Damn! And uh, the one in his leg crippled him for life. So he had a, like the, a weird limp, and his hand was all messed up because he was missing two
1: fingers. And mm. so, good, anyway, sh- good shot. Shout out to the shepherd.
0: Right? Wow, protecting
1: Fi- his sheep. I can't believe that five hundred years ago people had bone arrows that were like cut your finger off get away from my sheep bam you just like <laughs> nail dudes with well, it well and this was actually
2: this would have been longer ago than that so Amir Tamur lived from 1336 to 1405 how do we even what part have of the do- world yeah where are we uh, we are in well I'm gonna get to that in a second
1: but yeah. how all, do we all even... over Asia and the Middle East okay how do we even have documentation of this story from that old I'm gonna get to that Leg- alright alright legend gonna, has it alright me and yeah. Chance are gonna shoot the book like, <laughs> a second to let you get the story going turns out this dude was pretty important Alarm! Um he was born
2: in the city of Kesh in what is now Uzbekistan All and right. he was a conqueror who at one point ruled most of the Middle East and Central Asia in the 1300s
0: not the goat not the, the sheep stealer no the same guy when okay. when he, when wow, he was when he was <laughs>
2: little he tried to steal a sheep and the shepherd got him oh. crippled him and that's why he was called Tamerlane or Tamer the lame, because. <laughs>
0: but he is still a conqueror. He still became a conqueror. He did so yes. in spite th- of his lameness. Good, good for him. Well, I I, I was
1: for a second. Or there, depends on who you
0: ask. I was gonna say we'll yeah. see where this is going. I was there for
1: a second. I was thinking that the sheep stealing story happened after, and I was like, damn, that's a massive downgrade, bro. <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> you ruled all of Asia, and then you he were reduced to stealing, stealing sheep. sheep. <laughs> you got conquering bro. countries at one point. And you're like, I am. Hungry and I'm about to go steal a sheep. <laughs> I'm hungry and lonely.
2: What, I need two sheep. Yeah, right. what,
1: <laughs> what path took you there, Term <laughs> Termalerm? Termalerm. Termalerm.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, he saw himself as Genghis Khan's heir. Didn't and, he have a lot of them? Well, he, well he, yeah, thought, that's real. he thought his role was to reestablish the Mongol Empire after Genghis Khan died. Bold move. And uh, he was pretty successful. He ended up killing... Over 17 million people. Jesus, which at the time which at the t- sounds
0: lame as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. At the, at the time Lamar. was roughly
2: five percent of the world's population. Um, which was
0: which was roughly one third of Genghis Khan's descendants. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <That's> right.
2: <laughs> um, he invaded Georgia, Armenia,
0: Persia, which is now Iran,
2: Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, China, India, Pakistan, Kazakhstan,
0: Russia. He, he was all over the place. This is in the mid to late 1300s? Egypt. Yeah. Yep. He, okay. he was born in 1336.
2: He died in 1405. So, good for
0: people that were getting out and traveling, though. Wow. <laughs> Even <Either laughs> back then, it was probably way harder. So it's easy to be a homebody back then. People going country to country. <laughs> you know, good for them. <laughs> Some people
2: uh, regarded him as a hero because he united a lot of, of Asia and, like at the time, most of the Muslim world. Was under his reign. That's a hell of a way to unite people by being like you're either dead or with dead. us. Right. Dead. and the people that he killed all of their family forever didn't really like him. Yeah, I can see why. Um, in 1395, he invaded and besieged Moscow. Okay, and held Moscow for a year. Whoa! And then randomly left. I don't know if he decided to saw all the too, sights too cold. His, his troops were needed too elsewhere,
1: cold. or just wasn't really messing with Moscow, or or what. Um, I'm realizing now that when I asked the question, how would we possibly have a document about this guy's sheep stealing story for, as a child? Yep. There are good reasons. It's because yep. he killed 5% of the world's population. So yeah. people talked about so it So if his bit. leg
0: was fucked up, he was still good at like arrows or swords. I think he just had a lot of people doing
2: his bidding for him and, somehow. And so a, he
0: was smart. Yeah.
2: He had a dope chariot smart, driver. He was
0: a good speaker. Mm-hmm. He okay. was regarded as a, as Poor a military, sheep stealer, a military but genius.
1: A very, very good he, he was a strategist. Yeah. He, he was trying to compensate his entire life. He
0: was yeah. thinking back on how the sheep stealing went wrong. <laughs> Said, yeah, I need, you farmer! I need to plan better next time. Yeah. So he he invaded
2: uh, Moscow, held it for a year, and when he left, the, the Russian Orthodox Church actually ascribes it as a miracle. Um thanks to our lady of kazan okay so the russian church to this day still calls that a miracle that he left and like basically left him alone while taking over all the rest of the eastern world at the time like thank you for not tearing it terrorizing mm-hmm. us anymore mm-hmm. okay um places like iraq and iran and india uh think he's an evil vil- villain of a man because he killed Lame. most of their people. Yeah. quite he's officially recognized as a national hero in uzbekistan however So, depends on who you ask. Mm -hmm, Interesting take. (laughs) uh, He was specifically praised by Stalin as a leader of the resistance of the Mongols and a conqueror of the Golden Horde. I don't know what that is.
0: But, wait. But
2: Stalin Stalin was fucking with him because he left Russia alone way back in the day. Okay, but
0: I thought he was trying to be like the Mongols. Like, wasn't he trying to be like Genghis Khan? Yes. So, how did he defeat that? You know? You know, Stalin, he had a lot of twisted ideas. <laughs> yeah, let's, in, not, let's not look for logic <laughs> from yeah, right? Joseph Stalin. Okay,
2: yeah. In 1405, <laughs> <know. laughs> Tamura the Lame was taken out by pneumonia. <laughs> and he died. Lame. <laughs> and he was, he was buried in a very Larm. fancy fancy tomb somewhere in uh, Uzbekistan. Okay. All right. So that's 1405. We're jumping 530 years forward to 1940 1941 yes. oh, oh, World cool. War so <laughs> in that 1941 Stalin decides that he's going to find and unearth the tomb of Amir Timur, and he sends a team of archaeologists to Uzbekistan to find it and to open it did he say why he wanted to do that uh, I, he was regarded as like this national hero of Russia and uh, magical powers, mysticism. Uh, yeah, they were into a lot of right. weird mystical shit. That back was then. definitely going on. Yeah. Back
1: then. Okay. All right.
2: Um, I think also it would be sort of like a uh, you know collecting
1: cultural and historical icons mm. type. They were way into
0: that back then. Yeah. Nazis were
1: doing that all over the world. But <laughs> yeah. wait, Russia wasn't. Russia didn't like him. They liked that he left them, right? Right. Okay.
2: But there was generally like because he spared them and not the rest of the the East basically. There was like some like thanks for not killing us all kind of thing. All right. So like all right, all right, I'm with it. So he sends uh, Stalin sends a team of archaeologists and a film crew to Uzbekistan to find this tomb and to open it and to document it. Please tell me that's a
1: documentary we can watch later tonight. No,
0: became it became the mummy (laughs) three.
1: <laughs> Featuring real footage from <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: Brendan Fraser. Um, there were discussions about like where the tomb was located because a lot of this land had changed hands multiple times in 500 years. Um, and makes sense, makes sense. they eventually found out where it was in Uzbekistan and found the specific building that it was in. They go there and uh, find the, the tomb and start cracking it open. And the stone on the, like his gravestone had been broken um, and correlates with this legend about it that uh, the Persian King who idolized Tamer took his gravestone as a trophy after capturing Uzbekistan at one point. And, but after that misfortunes one by one started haunting him and he was advised to bring the gravestone back. So in some like Indiana Jones, Type shit. <clears throat> he steals the gravestone, starts instantly having all kinds of horrible luck and brings it back. But in the process, he broke it, but still left it there.
1: The curse of Termalerm's Girst. <laughs> yeah, so
2: the Soviets find it and they exhume it and when they when they find it, it's inscribed with the words When I rise from the dead, the word world shall tremble.
0: <laughs> Whoa, uh-huh. my wasn't playing.
2: Uh huh.
1: And that's a pretty raw shit to put on your casket.
0: <laughs> okay, hold
2: on. Whoa. Followed by, whoever opens my tomb shall unleash an invader more terrible than I. Whoa.
0: Damn. Fuck.
2: And, and when some they were stay away, shit. Yeah, when they were in Uzbekistan, asking around, like, do you guys know? Asking some of the locals, like, where it might be or how to find it. Everyone they talked to basically told them like, "Do not fuck with that." Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. we know where it is. You don't. We're want not going to gonna tell you, and you don't want to go. You don't want to go fuck with it,
1: bro. How tripped out were the archaeologists who walked in there for the first time? They're like, "Cool, we found his tomb. We opened it up. What's it, what? What does it say?" <laughs> oh god, <laughs> you don't want to oh, hear this. God.
2: <laughs> so, in addition oops, to oops, that, oops. <laughs> the film crew that they sent, none of their gear worked once they got there. Okay, so there, there, Fishy. there, okay. there are no actual recordings of this. Um, Gets back into some of the, you know, paranormal shit of like electrical equipment just often doesn't work around
0: weird paranormal cursed stuff. Real talk. Or like, we're going to make up a more epic story than what we're going to (laughs) film. Okay. Coincidences.
2: So that's all, that's all the backstory. Okay. The coincidences related to opening the tomb of, of Terminalin. Terminalin. They opened the tomb on the morning of June 22nd, 1941. Okay. Which was the same day that Hitler invaded the Soviet Union. That's a bad day. In resulting from this, the Soviets lost 26.6 million people, more than any other country in human history.
0: 26, that's a lot. So, that's a fuckload of people. Yeah, that's also
1: because Stalin was killing his own. People yeah, that's that true. Also, the, the it's whole like, "run
0: out to the front line, oh, don't run
2: back." Yeah, <laughs> right. The whole "world shall tremble" bit.
0: Yeah, a, an, an invader, invader worse than and I. And an invader worse
2: than I. The same day Hitler invades your country,
1: and also in a very like far away and different and like un like a five hundred year difference. Yeah, <laughs> right. In five.
2: So they uh, they exhumed it. They took some things from it, and shit Palsy starts- It's
1: to read, read that,
2: right? that
0: inscription and be
1: like, no, just grab some shit.
0: Let's no. go. <laughs> no, whatever, dude.
1: No, dude, this is going to look great I'm on my mantle.
0: So <laughs>
2: shit starts going really bad. They get invaded by Hitler. They are not win- as they're as not winning this war. Yep. Millions and millions and millions of their citizens are dying. Yeah, yeah. They, in November of 1942, so a year and a half later, they decide to rebury him. Under full Islamic burial procedure. Oh, wow. So they went, they took it very, they didn't just like push yeah. the shit back in and throw some dirt on that, yeah. they gave them a full Islamic burial. Like, take your
1: ass back to sleep. Please. Yeah, sh- go back to sleep. Right. right. Leave us alone.
2: The same, mm, within the same month, maybe less, um, the Red Army launched Operation Uranus successfully in Stalingrad, which ended up being the turning point on the Eastern front of World War II. Hmm. So the day they exhume him, they get invaded by Hitler, a year and a half, the day they just or around the time they decide to put him back and give him a full proper burial, the war turns back in their favor.
0: Damn. Maybe they were just doing that because they were like, we we have this plan. I mean, these operations take a long time to plan. So Operation Whatever was whatever. Maybe they're like on their checklist. They're like, plus we got to put those fucking relics back <laughs> yeah. so that shit it, doesn't it backfire. Yeah. 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 Right. I can, yeah. yeah. We we need all the help we can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's not let's not shoot ourselves in the foot here. Right. So
2: whether or not those things are actually related, whether one caused the other, whether it was just a coincidence, Stalin and the Soviets took it seriously enough to ascribe meaning to it. Right, right, right. right. And, and Amir Timur took his curse mm-hmm. seriously enough to have it inscribed on both the outside and inside of his casket.
0: It's Whoa. like now on the outside, it's like, don't do it. And on the inside, you're fucked <laughs> <not. laughs> right.
2: well, up. That, that, okay, so you out- done did it. <laughs> I told you. The outside could be like to deter grave robbers and stuff because I assume right. that has been a problem throughout history. Right. But the inside is really just like... No, no, you're actually fucked. (laughs) I'm actually going to kill you Uh, and 26
1: million other people. I
2: meant that shit. I really meant it. That wasn't just a threat.
1: It's interesting because like in the definition, that whole concept of uh, the perception of remarkable coincidences may lead to supernatural occult or paranormal claims as like an actual statement of the definition is like. We got all of those. Mm -hmm. Is it a statistical improbability, but also a thing that these things were open and this all happened at the same time and they like ascribe meaning to it.
0: Or is there actually meaning to it, you know, like... Did, as simple as, it like, is, like, is it just a lot of coincidences? The 13th floors have horrible things happen, mm-hmm. or is it, you know, like... The,
2: the probability aspect is interesting, and it's something that Jung gets into in Synchronicity. Right. And uh, he quotes people that have tried to actually figure out the probability of certain events happening. Oh, sure. Like, the probability of a... Uh, telepathic precognition of death so having a dream of someone dying and then having them actually die in the like immediate future whoa and they calculate it to one in four million one hundred thousand
1: to be able to so
0: consider that one, that...
2: one out of four million times that you have a dream about somebody dying they will actually die like the next day or within the next uh, week
1: okay all right
2: sure um and this one is even more out there and I have no idea how they calculated this but they it's calculate science. the probability of finding, of observing a ghost of a person. Okay. So I don't know if that's based on... Facts? You, or, well, it sounds got, like it's not.
1: Yeah. You, you it, gotta... But based on like
2: reports of seeing the ghost of a specific person. Right. And okay. And right. one out of every X amount of people has their ghost seen. But I, I don't know how you'd calculate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, they come up with the probability of seeing a... "Quote, phantasm of the living," as oh, so not a dead person. Okay, so seeing like your ghost walking when yeah. I'm not there. Yeah, or like oh, a okay. bi-location thing where you're here, but somebody in, like, hey, in main at- thought they saw. Yeah,
0: uh, that's some astral projection shit. Yeah, exactly. unconscious that's, astral projection. That's a good that's way tight.
2: of putting it. Uh, one in eight hundred million. Okay. Whoa, so it's pretty low. Yeah, but like. Really rare shit happens all the time. Right. Quote, rare. I was going to say, if you got or... however man,
0: you got billions of people on the. Right now. I mean, I in all say, of history, it's. I was going to say, that shit's happening at least once a day, somewhere at any given time. You know, like even if it's one in 800 million, that means it's still happening like, you know, 10 times Often, a day. Yeah. <laughs> or right. You know, whatever, right. whatever, 8 billion people. Yeah, are. roughly. And we were talking about this off
1: air, but I think it's kind of interesting that uh, they, in the in some of the stuff about uh, coincidences, they talk about the birthday problem, which, yeah. is, uh, which is this like interesting math experiment, basically, where how many people in the same room uh, do you have, and then at what probability is there that two people in that room have the same birthday? And uh, the birthday problem states, th- there's a shitload of math here that I'm not going to go into because I couldn't even begin to explain it, but uh, mathematically, with 23 people in one room, there's a fifty percent probability that two people in that room have the same birthday.
0: That is interesting math. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it doesn't I,
1: sound right to me at all. Like yeah. my brain goes, "What? That, like, some, that can't make sense." Oh, yeah. Factorials or I something believe in you, because
0: <laughs> <laughs> math doesn't always make sense to me.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. right. I trust people who are way better at numbers than me to, to to do that. But I guess that just speaks to the idea that like rare shit happens all the time, or things that are
2: seemingly or, more. Or rare. Or we perceive things to be more rare than they are. Right. And, it's and, your and,
0: birthday too. Holy fuck! Yeah. Right, yeah like
2: yeah. Jung talks about that too. Like. If I Is that the someone, same birthday
0: or date cuz I don't know That's not that's not accounting say, for a year. I don't that's, know if I know anybody with the same birth date as me, but yeah. I know obviously hell, one 1/300th hell of, of my Facebook friends <laughs> right have the same Well, <laughs> right, and right, then right.
2: he talks about at what level do you ascribe it to coincidence or synchronicity? Like if I have the exact same birthday as you Right. If you're born one day ahead or behind me. Right. If you have the same birthday as my mom. Right. You know, all these, all these different layers. Right. And then it gets to be really probable
1: that one of those things happens. Totally. The interesting thing about the story you just told is like the probability that a like all time great evil dictator is going to invade a country on any given day is like that. I, I don't know how to do the math, but like. Probably way more rare, well than many of the things. And it, I mean, that's the biggest loss of life ever during an
0: invasion, right? So it's one in one of one, one, <laughs> yeah, one it's in like, infinite. At least in modern history, because who knows what happened before a great flood? Well, and
2: yeah, and then we're assuming that the population was higher, you know, at that point than it had been at any previous point in history, which right. is probably right. true, right?
1: Probability is good. That shit's crazy We gotta take a break We gotta take a break Uh, We're gonna come back in a few moments here To talk with you about what if it's all connected We got some Russian coin stories We got some Russian coin stories to talk about We got some Titanic stories We say goodbye to Termalerm And we say hello (laughs) to Russian spies and the Titanic Uh, We'll be back shortly uh, with the what if podcast
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Shot anonymous is our extra phone in guest. Yeah, you know, put him on speaker for a second. Tell him you can be on it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, <give, laughs> You should give the podcast a sh- something. give the podcast a shout-out. You're on speakerphone. Hey, this is Shot Anonymous, shout out
2: hi. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: we're back. It's the What It Podcast. We got a guest with us today, Chance York. Thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: How, how how you is my guy? Man, I is swell. I'm glad to hear that. I got a story that is uh, involves less death and destruction than terminal and brought to the world. Well, shit. Only like um, 15 million. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh um, boy. We are talking about Russian spies, though. So so like a little bit of death and destruction going on. Cool. Subjective. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> subjective indeed. Um, Russia again. Why, why Russia again? It's a coincidence, bro. It, it is a coincidence. Um, I have a very interesting story, and to tell it, I would like to take you back to 1953. Go uh, cool, on there. Go ahead. The, ta- the day is June 22nd. Whoa. The pl- <laughs> June 22nd came up in our last mm-hmm. story, too. Wait, did it really? No yeah. lie.
0: That's the day mm-hmm. that the shit got in- invaded. Yeah. When they opened the thing? It's true. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. What? Wait, really? Uh, yeah. Coinciding?
2: They, they opened his tomb on June 22nd.
1: Fuck, that's
0: weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so for what is worse, Spencer and I did not talk about the story. We, I mean, don't, we, we don't actually plan anything. We,
0: and you wouldn't <laughs> we have just known usually, that had you not remembered, and I not remember. If you didn't yeah. say it again, I would have been like, oh. Yeah. Huh? Right. Awareness, uh, awareness is the key to a coincidence. Usually,
2: I don't pay attention to shit, but,
1: <laughs> but when is. you're talking about coincidence episodes, When it comes to Russian spies. I'm on it. I feel too weird to tell the rest of this story now. That was crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: The happy drum was very necessary in that moment. Holy All shit! Right. All right, so show, show us what you got. The day is June 22nd. Weird. In 1953, then the place is New York City. Uh, the subject of our attention is a young man named Jimmy Bolzart. Like Mozart with a B. Fake name. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, What's that's her a, name? Uh Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> uh <Voltart>. bo- <laughs> Ch- Jimmy Schmelzmart. <laughs> Shmoes- mm-hmm. oh, I like, can't say huh? Mozart. Mozart. Uh, bo- <laughs> bo- <laughs> uh, so so Jimmy Bozart is a paperboy. Um and Basically, fake job, fake job. <laughs> these days kind of um, undercover <laughs> so so Jimmy's collecting um, basically you in in that day you didn't pay your for your paper in the way that like you have a credit card on file with the Star Tribune, and like get your shit paid for. You and you gave Jimmy a nickel when he showed up. You gave Jimmy a nickel when he showed up, or fifty or, pipes, <laughs> yeah, pipes for sale. <laughs> yeah, or like whatever, fifty cents a month, or whatever, whatever the hell it was. I, I don't know the exact price of the Brooklyn Eagle was the was the paper. Okay, so not the Times, Same but like news. a local, <laughs> a local paper in Brooklyn. So, uh, Jimmy. uh feels like he was shysted upon because he's sorting through his take at the end of the day. And he's got this one nickel that feels weird to him. It like feels like a fake coin. It feels a light to him. He's pissed off. He goes outside. Jimmy takes his coin and he spikes it on the sidewalk. He's like, piece of shit. What is this? And the coin splits open and it's a two sided hollow coin. And inside of the coin, uh, there is a small piece of microfilm, you know, that shit that like they save newspapers on, like, you put yeah, it in some a library, projector yeah. and it yeah. becomes bigger and you can read it. Mm-hmm. And on this microfilm is a series of numbers and uh, we'll post a link to this, but I'm showing you guys in the room right now. Like, that's what it looked like. So it's Those like Russians and spies love their numbers. They, right. So it's literally, uh, it's literally, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 columns of uh, probably 30 numbers each. And each number is just a five digit number. And there's like a number at the top and a number at the bottom. So this kid's obviously like, well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: never not seen, normally
1: how nickels work. Never <laughs>
0: seen a coin like that.
1: <laughs> and all my papes collecting days. Coins. Uh, that, that never happened to me. Fake, fake coins. Fake coins. Definitely fake coins. Um, So one of his classmates uh is an NYPD officer, and he's like telling kids at school, being like, isn't this shit crazy? Wait, 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 wait. One oh, of his classmates is a police officer. A one of his book. classmates, the daughter of a police officer. Did uh, I say that? Uh, no, you said one of his I classmates said, is an NYPD officer. Oh no, I think <laughs> I said one of his classmates' dad is an NYPD officer, but oh, I'm about okay. to blow him through the dad part. Um, <laughs> don't you don't want to blow through the dad. <laughs>
0: That wasn't even that good, bro. That was. That wasn't even that good. The happy drum remains silent. Uh, I started <laughs> laughing you. myself for Thank thinking you. that was funny. It was really stupid. Uh, I wasn't uh, laughing
2: at it for actually being funny.
0: The,
1: all right, so, so, so telling uh, telling his girl, whose dad is an NYPD officer, the NYPD officer goes, "Hmm, that's kind of weird." Who tells the detective? The detective tells an FBI agent, there's basically just a bunch of people who are like, that's a pretty weird thing to find, right? And that FBI agent's like, hey, uh, bring me that nickel. Because <laughs> yeah. that seems like that's an important thing we should know. Um, So basically, they try for years to figure this out. It was kind of common knowledge that back in the day, spies would use hollowed out trinkets to pass information. Okay. They would put like, um, they would take two batteries and they would hollow out the batteries and then they'd put them in a flashlight and then someone would like break the bulb and leave the flashlight in an alley and then pick up the alley and they would open up a battery and there'd be like a note in there or whatever. The
2: kids at school will pop the ends off the
1: pens roll up a paper and stick it in there and Uh, put the cap back on the pen and you lend the pen to somebody and then you got your note passing without it being, Mm -hmm. yeah like literally kind of exact, are your kids Russian spies? uh, Maybe, (laughs) they're good ones if they are. Yeah, hell yeah. But this was like common practice, so I'm sure the FBI agent who heard that this was a thing was like, "Fuck that! That's some Russian spy shit. Bring it here."
0: Um, So you have to have a mm -hmm. lot of resources to make a fucking coin hollow, right? Totally. Like you know, that's not not some like and make your own
1: microfilm and like like I don't know. I, I wouldn't know how to make microphone even or microfilm even like today, but in 1953 to make your own and put it in a hollow coin, etc people knew more about film in 1953 than they do now though. Yeah, that's probably true.
0: Anyway, capita, or yeah. Yeah. gap in the film yeah, yeah. knowledge was pretty high <laughs>
1: back in the 50s. <laughs> <Capito>. <laughs> so, um so basically for 4 years they keep this on file. We're kind of like when was the Cold War officially? Anybody know the dates? Post 1492
2: Korea. through uh, I don't know. Okay, after the after World War II until like the late 80s. I got up. 90s. I got up.
1: Yeah, right. Because it was like through like the right whole after, time, it was right? right after the war, basically. All right. This has it at 79 through 85, but that can't be right, right? Oh no! 47 to 47 to 91. There we go.
2: Hey, I was pretty close.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we're in the Cold War at the time. Um they unsuccessfully they 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 figure it's a code of some kind, but they can't break it. they like whatever. We fast forward to 1957. And uh the 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 time we're in May of 1957, but I don't have the date, so we can't uh, we can't figure out what the date well, is. It, so yeah, it wasn't June, so <laughs> it was we're June good. 22nd again. Uh but but we're in Paris, and in Paris, um a KGB agent by the name of I'm going to I'm going to read his code name or his like his taken name instead of his real name because I can't even remotely pronounce it. Eugene Nikolai Maki is in Paris and he's getting recalled back to Moscow to Russia. He's a, he's a spy and he decides to defect in Paris. He's like, "Fuck this shit. I'm not going back. I don't want it.
0: French women are just too gorgeous."
1: Huh? <laughs> well, right, except what he really wants is he he says, "Hey, I was a spy in the United States." I liked it there. (laughs) I'd like to go back, please. If I tell you everything I know as a KGB agent who was living in the U.S. for however many years, uh, can I come back? And the U.S. says, come on on over, bud, and tell us what you know. (laughs) Have a seat right here, bud. Yep. And based on this, they wrote the TV show The Americans. Is that? I don't know. I haven't seen it, so. But probably, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, so... In the process of, uh, what do they call it? Where you like, you, you de, de De-spy-fi? De-spy-fi someone. What do they call it? De- uh, Debriefing. You debrief. Debriefing. Taking, which is usually- They're taking his pants off. Yeah. Take, or or his Remove briefs. Remove
0: your briefs.
1: <laughs> you got any coins in there? <laughs> um, they picked him upside down and shook him. Yeah, Right. But really, though, what they what they did was in the process of debriefing, which can for depending on how long of an asset you are, like this can be a process of weeks or months or whatever. Um, and so it, they takes some a really long time to figure out all the shit that Eugene Nikolai Maki knows. And in the process, they go, hey, we know that you motherfuckers were passing notes in shit. Uh, does this look like some shit that you passed notes with? And he's like, yeah, basically, yes, it does. And um, as he's looking at it, he's like, okay, this is
2: looking at what? The coin? The coin.
1: They they, they brought the coin back out because the FBI had it and they were like, oh, we're Mm. pretty sure this is related to Russian spying in some capacity. Okay. You just affected here. Tell us what you know about it. Eugene gives the FBI the info they need to crack this cipher. And this is, we have like the actual text of what that thing that I just showed you says. And it says this. We congratulate you on a safe arrival. We confirm the receipt of your letter to the address V repeat V and the reading of letter number 1. 2. For organization of cover we gave instructions to transmit you to 3000 in local currency. Consult with us prior to investing it in any kind of business advising the character of this business. 3. According to your request, we will transmit the formula for the preparation of soft film and news separately, together with your mother's letter. Or, it is too early to send you the gammas and cipher short letters. But the longer ones make with insertions all the data about yourself, place of work, address, etc., must not be transmitted in one cipher message. Transmit insertions separately. And lastly, number five, the package was delivered to your wife personally. Everything is all right with the family. We wish you success. Greetings from the comrades. Number one, third of December. So what Nikolai finds out through the process of deciphering this, it's also got at those two identifying numbers at the top, mm-hmm. he realizes that his spy number is on the bottom of this and that this coin was meant to be his welcome message when he first became a KGB spy in the United States. So whatever the number is on the bottom, it's like a long uh, 12740-622. He had, su- had some sort of personally identifying thing so, long story short, he basically, of all the KGB spies in the United States, this specific coin had gotten passed to him by someone as a welcome message that he never figured out and worked the coin back into circulation in New York City. And four years later, they presented him with the coin that was supposed to originally welcome him to the United States as a spy, and uh, and he decrypted it for them.
0: How many spies do you think there were? Because that's only... Uh... It's only statistic that really, that really juggles how, how amazing. I feel you. Well. I'm sure there was a lot. I mean. It's the Cold War, we're talking.
1: But two, the idea that this is, this was one of the only things that, at least as far as we know, was like an identifying thing specific to him that they had possession of and that he was the one that decided to defect and come back and find his own welcome. It, i mean i feel you like if there was a, if there was a hundred people then any defector like you had a one in a hundred chance of their welcome message being the one but that but it's also about like like how many nickels fall out of circulation in new york city on a day-to-day basis for like falling down dumpsters and yeah or, the fact
2: that it was found in the first place is pretty
1: unlikely it's too. pretty unlikely especially and that it was kept for four years and like like the i don't know the chances right, is you kind it could of could
0: have just been it could have been kept in a sock drawer, and no one would ever found out about it. Even right. A, even after he discovered the message, the point that it made it to the FBI is kind of amazing. Right. But obviously, it's and a lot of steps. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's a cool story.
1: Yeah, it's so it's not as like maybe specifically uh, June twenty. Were you trying to emulate the Happy Drum?
0: As close as I can
1: get. We got to the <laughs> we got to the punchline. <laughs> that is our Happy Drum uh, replacement. Um, so yeah, this dude also snitched on like all of his counterparts and people, and a bunch of people got arrested. Um, which hey, is thanks. which is less <laughs> less related, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I just thought that was like a hella fascinating. Like again, a lot of small things had to happen for that dude to come face to face with his welcome coin as a KGB agent. The,
2: the objects coming back to people <clears throat> stories is, is an interesting subset. Yeah, of, there's a of lot these. of these. Yeah,
1: the interesting thing too about it is to your point chance of like how many spies were there also how many years had it been since he was a spy there you know because like just because the kid found it in 1953 four years before he defected like maybe he'd been gang passed around for years before that maybe he lived in the U.S. since 1944 and this was like the first time that someone had gone like I wonder if I spike this hard enough on the ground if I can get it to crack open because it feels weird to me so, like, it could have been in circulation in it's New York like, City for like 15 years. Scam. <laughs> yeah. Good thing that kid was observant. <laughs> right. It's a
0: good thing that kid has a and, powerful throw.
1: And good thing that that kid's classmate's dad is an NYP agent and that he knew a detective who knew an FBI agent who said, This looks like something we might want to know about. Crazy
0: shit. Lots of things.
1: June 22nd apparently, an important day for a lot of things mm-hmm. in Russia. <laughs> yeah, only Russian religion. Only in things, Russia. Um. All right, last story. We got one more we got one more Coinky Dink. Yeah, we got one more Dink.
2: About the uh the Titanic. Uh-oh. Yeah. You guys know obviously you're familiar with the story of the Titanic. Can
1: we can we play this song? <laughs> I think we can Don't worry about it. We don't <laughs> think, make any money. I think we I think we can't play this. <laughs> they, can,
2: they can sue us for some of the negative money we've made off this podcast. That's true.
0: Never let go. I'm free. Dude. (laughs) Okay,
1: We'll stop that before you guys all turn off the podcast. Uh, Oh, shout out to the guy who played the out-of-tune recorder over that song. There was a book written
2: in 1898 called The Wreck of the Titan. Was this in Russia? It was not in Russia. No. I'm just checking. It was written by Morgan Robertson.
0: Hey, coincidence. I've been watching Attack on Titan. some cool shit.
2: Boom. Titan. The word Titan. Also a moon. Are we all Titans? Also a moon, isn't it? Titan the moon? Yeah. Going back to our space dolphins. Anyway, Mm -hmm. The Wreck of the Titan. It's a book from 1898, written by Morgan Robertson, and the story centers around uh, a fictional ocean liner called the Titan. Okay. And the Titan sinks in the North Atlantic Ocean after striking an iceberg.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Wait. on On a
2: night in April and
0: iceberg season yeah might be well, yeah might i mean be. that
2: the april part might not really be a coincidence that there might be a reason for that um and half of the people on the titan die largely because there weren't enough lifeboats for everyone whoa so obviously this is very similar to the titanic
0: which happened like 20 years later or which something?
2: happened uh was it 19, 1912 Just or 19 yeah. i don't know yeah like 1920 ish <laughs> um june twi- no <laughs> also in april
0: june 22nd. <laughs> um
2: they from what i read the the book came out 14 years before the original plans for the titanic came out mm. whoa so i think the titanic uh well, whatever we sound dumb but i think it was like 1920 or something at the titanic why are we so, wondering we have the internet say, yeah right we here. all whatever google is disabled
0: i'm
1: i'm i'm looking right now okay
2: so there were there were even more similarities between the two. So obviously, it's it's crazy that something so similar was written fictionally, uh, you know, well, well in advance of anyone.
0: What Nin- do we got?
1: Nineteen twelve.
0: But li- oh, okay, in, in literature, you you tend to think maybe that's just a common practice. They build these big ass boats with not enough life rafts and everything. Like all fiction is based in
2: so in yeah. Reality. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that part. Um, so the name is obviously it's it's a coincidence but also titanic huge titan you know right. kind of similar uh, similar vibes with huge ocean that's, liners that's oh very, wait what very was, was the name of the words? word? the wreck of the titan titan that's, as in titan. that's
0: really fucking as dead. in titanic yeah right. exactly that's that's phenomenally close
2: Whoa. Mm-hmm. so there's some mo- there's some more similarities between the two uh the name the fact that it sank in april in the north at-, at atlantic after hitting an iceberg The fact that there were not enough lifeboats for the passengers. Um, The Titan in the book was 800 feet long. The Titanic was 882 feet long. The Titan had a max speed of 25 knots. The Titanic had a max speed of 22.5 knots. Um, Mm. They were both in the book and in real life described as unsinkable Mm -hmm. and were the largest boat on the ocean at the time. Um, the Titanic carried only 16 lifeboats, which I did not realize.
0: And what? how many passengers again?
2: Uh, the Titanic had 2,200.
0: Yeah. It's pretty 20, typical 20, practice for them to just not give a fuck. They were like, they really <laughs> thought they were unsinkable. Right. right. They had
2: 2,200 passengers and 16 lifeboats. Uh, the Titan in the book carried, quote, as few as the law allowed, which they said was 24
0: um, <laughs> which was even less
2: well but the they had 2500 passengers so. as few uh, as the law would allow
0: <laughs> of course <It's> like <laughs> sounds like every corporation i know yeah, right.
1: was um, doesn't Chappelle have that joke about the minimum wage where he's like he's like the only thing the minimum wage means is if they could pay you less they, they would, would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. if we could have less lifeboats on the titan
2: we would have less <laughs> the titanic struck an iceberg on the starboard side on the Night of April fourteenth, nineteen twelve. I guess I could have read my own notes. In the <laughs> North at- North Atlantic, four hundred nautical miles away from Newfoundland, the Titan, moving at twenty five knots, struck an iceberg on the starboard side on an April night in the North Atlantic, four hundred nautical miles from Newfoundland.
0: The same spot, the exact
2: same location. Yeah. Is this
0: a conspiracy?
2: <laughs> yeah. Did was the there was, are some crazy Titanic
0: conspiracies out there? Did any what was the what was the repercussions? And uh, like, a glo- in a global market of the Titanic sinking, yeah, word. there definitely
1: were some, but we, so yeah, we're this, not gonna get into all the conspiracy so this shit was entirely right now. designed after the book of the Titan to do what, yeah, I don't know what the motivation would be, but who knows?
2: Um, the Titanic sank with more than half of its 200 or 2200 passengers dying. Uh, the Titan also sank, more than half of her 2500 passengers died. I thought like most of the people on the Titanic died. Is that true or no? So they had there was
0: only sixteen lifeboats. So they had twenty-two
2: hundred passengers. Uh, Seven hundred and five lived. They so more about about two thirds
1: died. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's crazy.
2: Um, following the Titanic sinking in nineteen twelve, a lot of people credited Robertson, the the author of this book, as being psychic or clairvoyant. Yeah, I can see why they
1: would do that. <laughs> uh,
2: which he denied, claiming the similarities were explained by his extensive knowledge of shipbuilding and maritime trends. Yeah, that's okay. kind of what I was thinking. So it's, he was saying, these are just things like, I knew a lot about building ships and what was going on.
0: Being iceberg season. At the and time, and yeah. The, the da- most were, dangerous part of a route. And So
2: if someone were to build a huge, quote, unsinkable ship, here's sort of what it would look like. Here's the size it would be. If anything were going to be able to sink an unsinkable ship, it would probably be an iceberg. Here's where they would be. This was the sort of the time of year that you would run into them.
0: It would mm. probably happen
2: at night because you wouldn't be able to see it. Right. So he's saying, like, I just kind of did my homework and these things make sense. And then the fact that it actually happened is obviously just a coincidence. Yeah. Um but it's a long list of coincidences. Yeah, yeah. There's like down to the name, down to the number of people, the size right, of the ship, the right. the exact location. I think that one's the weirdest to me, It's because there are lots of places in the ocean where you could hit an iceberg.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: To be, you know, within a mile of where it actually happened is pretty nuts. That is a little. That is a little wild. Especially since in the book, you wouldn't even have to say exactly where it happened. Right, and and that just comes yeah, to yeah. Like, you wouldn't you you yeah.
0: If the dude is doing all this research and figuring out like and and creating this story, it's like yeah. Like who knows? Just being aware, like looking around and like observing the things, it's like you can some somewhat predict the future just off of having enough knowledge mm-hmm. of how things work.
2: But so he could have predicted that this ship would have been built. That's not that crazy. No, predicting on its
0: maiden voyage and predicting, all predicting, yeah, yeah, when
2: and where and how it's going to sink—that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. It's
0: the the awareness of the world. Time is circular, man. Like you because know.
2: that's going against any trends at the time. In that, you know, these were supposedly unsinkable ships. So if right. you were following maritime trends, as he said, <laughs> that doesn't really line up. Saying that it would s- sink on its
1: first voyage. There's like a small part of me that goes like, was, was the Titanic somehow inspired by any of this? Like some of that language or some of, you know, if we wanted to make an unsinkable. How big was
0: this book? Would were like did a lot of people know about it? Like how pop- uh, how
1: popular was it? I don't I don't really know. I think it. It obviously
2: gained a lot of popularity after the Titanic sank. Sure. Right. Um But I, like exactly I don't know. like I don't what came first. Was...
0: Did the did the whole concept uh, yeah, exactly. But again, his book in existence could shape people to have these ideas. But obviously but that's to a one. Just steer it into of, an
2: iceberg? You know, that that part fuck still doesn't
0: fuckload of coincidences.
2: Yeah. yeah. Again, like yeah, maybe the naming of it or maybe some of the like you read the book and then twelve years later. Oh yeah, that is a good idea for how we should should construct this or And
0: did the dude in the in the power of the universe like just spending so much time thinking about this scenario happening
1: did he uh, project it into yeah, being project it or
0: just observe it happening from the future <laughs> you know like yeah. when you when you set your mind to a certain certain parameters and stuff you you know like who knows I don't it, know it, it is like
1: I mean, to your point, like, to maybe take it up a level, how, how dissimilar is thinking about and imagining a massive ship crisis? How different is the ability to, like, digest that vision and write it down than how different it is to be in a room four rooms down from somebody else looking at a picture and then being able to suss out details of the picture that they're mm. looking at. You know, I mean mm. like from a cosmic scale those things to me are not supremely dissimilar. Right. They they're de- they're definitely different. I mean you're talking about time and place and, well, and that's events, that, but still That's
2: something that Jung brings up in synchronicity that if these things are really connected somehow, time and space can't time and space can't matter. Sure. That there has to be some other, because then, yeah, then you get right. into one sense. one causing the other, sure. and there being some causal relationship between the two. If they are just synchronistic things, the distance across which they're happening and the time across which they're happening aren't factors. Right, right. And so, I guess that <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that would support what you're saying of, yeah, maybe seeing an event from 14 years in the future is no different than, and you know, whatever it would have been, a thousand miles away is no different than seeing something that's happening right now on the other side of a wall.
1: Right. And that, and that too speaks to th- like maybe things are connected in a way that we just don't understand. But if you can go up a high enough level, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like that was shit, you know? It's like, yeah. If he was
0: making his way into, like, even if it was not hallucinogens or whatever, if he was making his way into these, you know, Where he's in some sort of like state where he's seeing trance state or something. Right, where you're seeing these things, you're basically just dreaming and opening up all your sensory capabilities to uh, to whatever. It's like yeah, you can see the future, you know, like collective uh, conscious. right? Consciousness.
1: This, yeah, and this way, this too makes me think about that whole that whole idea that like we're only currently using. Whatever it is, eighteen percent of our brain is mass that, or power—I don't know—is is that wrong?
2: Are you making just, a face, I think Spencer? that's just a thing that people like to say. I don't know if there's any science behind that.
0: Okay, it, it is that it's not—it's <laughs> a fun always, idea, though. It's not. Yeah. A, people aren't using all their. It, it, people definitely aren't exercising their brains to the capacity that they can be used. That's that's for sure. Right. I think
2: that that statement goes something more like: at any given time, you're only using, using right. X okay, amount word. of your brain power, but
1: and, and isn't it too true that in high stress or crazy situations our brains jump up in terms of how much they're how much being used getting, and yeah. how much energy is Sorry. being used in our brains. And in
0: meditation and yeah. stuff like that, there's definitely ways to activate more. I, I guess
2: I, I think it's sort of misleading in that, that you could say the same thing about your muscles. At any given time, you're only using 12% of the muscles in your body. It's like, well, yeah, because I'm but right, right swimming, now I'm using, not. But yeah. if I need to stand up and walk across the room, now I am. Or if I need to pick something up, Now I'm using, you know, not at the at any given time. I'm not using all of my muscles to their full capacity.
1: I guess, but but the idea being that when you're sprinting, you're going faster.
0: You're using more of your muscles. You're using
1: more of your muscles. You're but but because you're using more of your muscles, you're going faster. In the way that in a high stretch in a high stress situation, when you're using more of your brain power, you are digesting information faster and able to perform at like a higher level. I guess all I'm trying to say is. It makes me think about that sometimes, as it relates to this stuff, because you know, t- to the point of the cards colored or pictures in other rooms thing, mm-hmm. there have been there have been experiments that have shown not that with a hundred percent accuracy, but that people with a decent amount of focus, can, statistically significant amount of accuracy, can beat randomness, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. that to me says a lot about. The the possibility that we are interconnected in a way that so, is more I thorough. And think of
0: it like this. Like on a macro level, it's like this universe is huge and we're on this globe or whatever and there could the earth could be alive and it could just be like Gaia or whatever. And then you like if you think just like more micro, if like we're just these tiny things and this huge thing, it's like you think the cells in your hand are like, oh, my fucking bills, man. Like, oh, dude, my baby mama's stressing, man. You know, like, you think they're thinking about selfish-ass things, and then the the cell that they bump into next, is like, nah, man, we're, like, all connected in this thing. They call it the fucking hand, and you just got to, like, you just got to, like, <laughs> believe in it, man, and work together and spread this love, and, like, we'll, every, every, you'll find harmony and everything will make more sense. You know, it's like... It's that you know, like if you see, like we can't really understand how interconnected everything is. But no matter what, we're fucking interconnected because mm. we're on this thing, right? And we we have this you know humongous uh, like va- self value of the ego saying like yeah, no, it's like me doing this thing, and you know fuck everybody else. I'm in this. It's me against the world, baby. Uh, you know, but it, it no matter what, we're tiny. In a larger thing, and we're interacting in ways, and we're passing by each other, and we're affecting each other, and all this stuff, and who's to say, you know, what the point of it is, but it's definitely connected, in whatever scope you look at it, you know, like Yeah, I like like that idea of, we're all here, so we are connected, because we're all here Right, (laughs) we can't grasp how many times, like Oh, you know, like you said something to me two years ago and I don't even remember you told it to me. And then I told it back to you and it reaffirmed, you know, or like Mm -hmm. expand, you know, like. Well, there's so many things that that happen on a subconscious or unconscious level, too, that
2: we're not aware of, but are just as influential and just as meaningful as the things that we're consciously doing and processing and saying to each other. For sure. The light that we can't see, the energy that we can't
1: feel. Mm -hmm. but Even without getting into a more
2: kind of metaphysical level of things like there's. Yeah subconscious could explain a lot of coincidences yeah
0: and a lot of that un unused mental space too you know like sure like your subconscious is doing shit even if you don't if you yeah you're not conscious of it
2: crazy dream i had the other night related to that and then we should wrap up because A'ight. yeah because it's time to wrap up I, i for the first time and i want to do an episode on dreams sometime soon yeah and uh, recording them, And it.
1: yeah, all kinds of stuff. Spencer and I are going to keep dream journals for a week, and then we're going to talk about yeah, it. On we, the I think we should do longer than that. Before. Okay, oh, two dude. weeks. Yeah,
2: Whew, I did uh, that once. I for the first Beware. time. I know, dude. I've done before. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, for the first time, the other night, I had a dream where I woke up inside of a dream and was still dreaming. You guys ever do
0: that? You were you uh, were, not you recently, were but I have
2: a bunch. So I no 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 it's like opposite, I w-
0: you think you're awake, but you're still dreaming because yeah. you just woke up. Yeah. So I'm having this dream. Oh. That shit yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds doing, weird. Like, as in, you woke up in your bed
2: and sat let up in your I'll describe right, what ahead, happened. So, apparently, I've been do- doing too much podcast research before bed and <laughs> thinking about uh, psychokinesis and stuff.
1: Weird shit.
2: Um, so, I'm having this dream, and I don't remember what I was doing. I was like riding my bike somewhere or something. And I wake up from the dream, and I'm in my house, and um, I was like on the couch. I said, apparently, falling asleep on the couch. And I wake up just for some reason thinking that I have, like, telekinetic powers. I was just convinced of this and could, like, feel it in me. I was like, I could just move shit by looking at it. And there's this glass bowl sitting on the table next to me, next to the couch. And I was like, I'm going to move that bowl. I think I can do this. And I started, like, (laughs) I started doing the, like, Force hands being like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: like doing the force push. And I remember I, I, I saw the bowl start to like wobble a little bit. And I was like, holy oh, <laughs> shit, this is all real. And uh, I push it <laughs> finally, <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> and I was like, I just kept going and I pushed it a little more and it fell off the table. And as it hit the ground and shattered, I woke up for real oh, in my bed. Oh
1: man, yeah. That's crazy.
0: It never happened to
2: me before. The like uh, Inception multi level dream <laughs> yeah. shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've experienced that. Yeah, that I've was known. a new one for me.
1: Fam, did 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 wife cats wake up next to you? going because you just audibly went, oh man,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> damn <laughs> it! It was, <laughs> it was hella
1: disappointing. <laughs> it was super
2: disappointing. Oh my god, yeah. for yeah. sure. And that's
0: why you woke up because it triggered your emotions. You <laughs> yeah. had an emotional reaction. That, that
2: bowl represented my emotional shattering. Oh yeah, for sure. Of mm-hmm.
1: uh, you, of you going this, this paranormal Fuck, power I worked real. for my yeah, whole yeah, life is yeah. still is not, not a thing. I remember
0: no. the most vivid, uh, the first time that I can like recall that happening is when I f- quit smoking weed for the first time. I was on probation in high school, and I couldn't smoke weed. My dreams were hella vivid uh-huh. because that's just a natural response. Uh, but it was like a terrifying dream of like these tiny like clown midgets with chainsaws Whoa. in my bedroom, and like I woke up I was like holy shit that was fucked up, and I get up and like go out in my bedroom to like go tell my parents or something, and there's another one in the hallway, and oh. I'm like holy <laughs> fuck, and that was like, no. I was like that was the layer that was the layer and I was like this is fucking terrifying, I'm gonna smoke weed whether I pass away. <laughs> now, now I need to smoke weed because I'm stressed <laughs> yeah, out because I'm gonna
1: get murdered by. By a clown, uh, man. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe we should, uh, we should, we should get a bigger gang in on the dreams episode. We can all talk It'll about our weirdest dreams. Uh, Chance, thank you for, thank you for coming on, brother.
0: It's good to see you.
1: Uh, we'll see you at the live show, which will have happened by the time you hear this. And I'm sure it was great. And thanks for coming. And thanks for coming, everyone. And Bless you. Damn, y'all missed out. <laughs> uh, if you didn't, um, but yeah, uh, I think that's all we got for the week. See. Si. We're uh we going to see you next week on the What If Podcast. Listen to the new Kendrick. Hey, do that. Whether it's one or two albums,
2: whatever it is, listen to it.
1: Peace. Love you, bye.
0: We want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email hi, that's hi, at whatifpodcast.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614.